0: Did the U.S. just find its own lithium reserve? And does a climate action mean anything when it doesn't involve shutting down any coal plants? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Beckett's Sphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a science writer. Today is Friday, May 6th. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Let's start with a climate study. A new study out of Nature found that replacing 20% of beef consumed globally with microbial meat, essentially fake meat like Impossible Patties, could reduce the associated deforestation and its resulting methane emissions by half by 2050. The study looked at different combinations of beef and alternatives, but their model couldn't really look above 20% consumer acceptance because it was non-linear, so more studies will have to be conducted for further adoption. Now let's look at some climate victories. The German energy company Lichblick SE and its parent company Eneco are aiming to build a portfolio of wind and solar farms with a combined output of 1 gigawatt by 2026. The first of these solar parks is expected to be fully operational by the end of this year. In London, the bank Barclays held its annual shareholder meeting. Like the other shareholder meetings run by top banks recently, Climate activist groups like the Extinction Rebellion protested outside, urging the company to stop funding fossil fuels and to create a more robust climate action plan. Well, more stakeholders listened than in other banks' shareholder meetings. Almost 20% of Barclays' stakeholders voted against the bank's current climate strategy, stating it wasn't ambitious or detailed enough. This is a big blow for the bank's sustainability image, though I'm not sure yet how this will impact the bank's goals. Activists say Barclays put more than 19.6 billion pounds into fossil fuels last year. Meanwhile, the offshore wind company Orsted is launching a plan in June to attach coral larvae to some of its offshore wind turbines at the Greater Changhua One offshore wind farm off the coast of Taiwan. These will be proof-of-concept trials in their Recoral initiative to see if this concept can be done at a larger scale to boost ocean biodiversity. The initiative began in 2018. In California, Stanford University was just given $1.1 billion to build a school focused on climate change. Called the Stanford-Doer School of Sustainability, the money was provided by venture capitalist John Doerr. It is the most money a university has ever received for a new school, and it's the second-largest donation to a university in general. Doerr says he hopes climate change and sustainability will be the next computer science in terms of a popular major. The school will be open in the fall. Saying in California, the Salton Sea, which is 40 miles north of the Mexico border, might hold the answer to our lithium problems. The California Energy Commission estimates that there's enough lithium there to meet all of the U.S.'s projected demand for electric vehicles and battery storage, in addition to 40% of the world's demand. Sounds too good to be true? Well, it gets better. The three companies looking to develop on the site say they are developing chemical processes that will make extracting lithium way less invasive than current methods, using geothermal energy to spur an ion exchange process. The sea is already home to 11 operating geothermal plants, 10 of which are owned by Berkshire Hathaway's Renewable Energy Division, BHE Renewables. This is one of the companies looking to harness lithium. The other two are Energy Source, which owns the other geothermal plant, and Controlled Thermal Resources. CTR plans to make a combined geothermal and lithium recovery plant, which is expected to be up and running by 2024. If this lithium extraction pairs with the growth of other aspects of the domestic electric battery creation process, California's goal of reaching 100% electric cars on the road by 2035 might actually happen domestically. This finding also could bring new economic opportunity to the area, which has a high unemployment rate. Overall, definitely something to be cautiously optimistic about, and I will keep you posted on how it goes. Now on to some climate fails. Humanity is totally failing at curbing its low-hanging emissions fruit, which is flaring. Flaring is when fossil fuel companies burn off excess natural gas produced as a byproduct of oil and gas operations rather than harnessing it for more power production. It's a waste in every aspect of the word. According to the World Bank, 144 billion cubic meters of gas was needlessly flared last year from fossil fuel operations, emitting the equivalent amount of gas that the 27 European Union states are importing from Russia right now. It generated about 400 million metric tons of CO2 equivalent, which is about equivalent to 86 million cars driving for a year. Meanwhile, China announced its central bank will increase its support for, quote, clean, efficient coal use. Well, that's a contradicting statement. The bank will increase its free lending quota for the coal industry by another 100 billion yuan, or $15.1 billion. The bank was already providing 200 billion yuan to coal. Ahead of releasing its clean energy transition plan for the next 10 years, Queensland, Australia's energy minister declared that it will not involve closing any of its eight coal-fired power plants. Now, how does that work exactly? The minister said the plan will involve reaching 50% clean energy and cutting 30% of its energy emissions by 2030, with the goal of reaching net zero by 2050. Queensland produced a third of Australia's emissions in 2020, and almost half of the state's emissions come from coal plants. So basically, they're going to get rid of all the emissions except for the coal plants? Over in Europe, Germany and the Netherlands are inching closer towards more extractive gas development in the North Sea in an effort to reduce reliance on Russian imports. The German state of Lower Saxony and the Dutch energy company, 1Dias BV, want to pump gas from undersea deposits north of two islands whose names I will not attempt to pronounce. But these islands oppose this plan, which is expected to be finalized by the summer for drilling to start by the end of 2024. Meanwhile, Volkswagen says it might prolong its use of coal-fired boilers rather than its original plan of switching to gas and steam turbine units to power its plant in Wolfsburg, citing the Russian war creating energy insecurity. The large plant currently uses two cogeneration plants for heat and power. Let's finish off today back in California. The California Air Resources Board, CARB, just passed a bill that would give them more control over pollution in San Joaquin Valley. The valley is one of the most polluted areas in the nation, with three of the top 10 most polluted cities in the U.S. being located there. Fresno, which is located in the valley, is the most polluted city in the U.S., if you're curious. North and inland from San Francisco, the pollution mostly comes from burning fossil fuels, dust and dung from agriculture, and wildfire smoke. And it's especially bad in this area because the mountains trap the pollution in the valley. The pollution causes elevated risk of lung problems and heart disease. The majority of people that live in this area are people of color, and in general, people of color are more likely to be around higher levels of pollution in California. So now CARB has greater authority to regulate air pollution levels in the valley and it plans to work with community-based organizations to advance clean air goals. And that was your climate news for Friday, May 6th. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Becca's Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.